0: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landy McCool, You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging
0: the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. You know, nice to come off a big win and feel good about the team throughout the week. It's it's kind of kind of nice. So uh, I'm glad to, and excited to talk about some football. I'm actually
1: surprised that you're not watching the baseball game right now. I, you know, being from Los Angeles, I thought you would be at the stadium. Mm, eh.
0: No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. First of all, let me just clear up a couple of things. I am not from Los Angeles. Second of all, I am not going to a baseball game. So... Let's just clear up those two things. Yeah, watching. The L- I am 22. from da- I am from Dallas, there Texas. You Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast
1: <laughs> is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Just use that promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag. Today we are going to do our all twenty-two review of the Cowboys offense from Sunday's game. A lot of different things to talk about, but I want to go ahead and start with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, we, we've talked about Elliott a lot on the show. Uh, whether he looks the same as he did in 2016, uh, one of us has fat shamed him a little bit. I won't pick out to say which one has done that. However, this looked like <laughs> the Ezekiel Elliott of old on Sunday. I-, I saw the jump cuts, the power, that his ability to finish runs, the speed down the sideline. It, it just looked like in the bye week that he had off. Elliot kind of got himself ready in, in, and played a fantastic game. Now, I'm, I'm not saying he got himself in He shape. got
0: some jogging in. He got yeah, some, you know, did a little, he, little he cardio did a couple of miles. This, yeah. No, what I'm saying, it, it seems like it's,
1: <laughs> it actually has nothing to do with the physicality of it or the no. physical nature of it. I just think he was pumped up for this game. Uh, and you could see it from the very beginning. He was ready to go. I thought this was his best game in a long, long time. Some of the cuts that he made down near the goal line were amazing. He had a 14 yard run where he, he had three different cuts within about a second of each other. I don't know if I've seen a better run from him in a long time. Uh, overall, I just thought he was phenomenal. Did, what did you see from Elliott in this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're joking. I mean, you know, just to give Marcus a little bit of uh, razzing, <laughs> of course. You know, he he was he is posting all kinds of pictures on Twitter. Of, you know clearly uh, bad angles and, and hey that's definitely working let it,
1: It's working. Hey. i posted this romo picture before in 2014
0: <laughs> had a great
1: season pitch, yeah. p- posted one of lawrence and now look what he's doing you guys should be yeah. thanking me
0: your your fat shaming is really <laughs> helping this team come along marcus no i mean i look I, I think what we're seeing is that now i will agree with you that i think that he 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 looked more locked in i guess is how i would describe it yes. I, there's not, not 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 really a uh, physical uh, association with it, I would say, but I would definitely agree that he looked more focused. Um, focus, and I don't even want to say that because it wasn't like he felt like it was losing focus, but it was more that he had regained some of that almost kind of preternatural instinct as mm-hmm. a running back. You know, where he was seeing the the, the angles before they were getting there. He was seeing the cuts. He was uh, not making bad decisions. You know, it's not like he was making a a whole bunch of bad decisions uh, the previous weeks. It just felt like he was making more exceptional decisions and and seeing things that, you know, were well, well beyond uh, what was there now as opposed to before. And, And so and I think that that kind of. It manifests itself into looking like he's in better shape, right? Because he, you know, what that what that means is that he's getting through holes that like he wasn't seeing before. So that means he's able to get into a second gear, and and that to you know looks like he's running faster than he was last week because he's getting an opportunity to, to actually you know get into the second and third levels and stride and 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 you know make moves and that sort of thing. And 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 I think that that's the thing is that really what we're seeing is that. His, you know, we'll talk about the second part of this in a little bit. But first, his, you know, his kind of like we said, his focus, however you want to dis- quantify that, that uh, uh, you know, ability to see things develop before they develop as a running back, and then his opportunities. I mean, I think his opportunities to get to the second and third level were were greater because the Cowboys clearly made a concerted effort to, you know, choose a lineup at the offensive line. And then reimagine how they run the ball schematically, so that it made everybody comfortable. And I think when they did that, it gave Zeke more opportunities to beat defenders, beat defenders on the second and third level, as opposed to uh, having to constantly beat uh, a guy that's in the backfield or a, a defensive lineman who got loose off a block.
1: Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about that offensive line for a minute, because. We had this conversation on Twitter today about whether the Cowboys have made the right move to go with Jonathan Cooper at left guard over Chaz green. And actually it's not a permanent move. Jason Garrett made that clear after the game on Sunday, that this is not a permanent move at all. Um, but it seems like in this game, they kind of abandoned the wide zone a little bit in this matchup. I'm gonna go back and chart this game to make sure. I just kind of want to see how how frequently they ran it. I'm not sure they ran it at all in this matchup, but they definitely, they did. Yeah, they, they definitely a little bit. They definitely made a concerted effort to switch their blocking scheme up to suit the players that are on the field. And for Cooper, that's a lot more of, you know, gap-style runs. So what did you see from Cooper and that rest of the offensive line when they had to kind of switch their game plan up a little bit?
0: Yeah, well, well I'll, I mean, I'll tell you that, like, you know, they did definitely run some wide zone. Um, and and I actually, I think that 14-yard run that was early in the game, I think it was the first carry after the fumbled punt mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Um that was a wide zone. Um and if you watch it, Cooper got uh beaten pretty badly by Buckner. Um but he was able to get just enough of Buckner to keep him outside which allowed Zeke to cut up inside of him uh and and really get going for a nice little 14-yard run that he that was the one where he kind of stumbled his way forward for a couple extra yards. Um, you know, I think that yeah, what they what they clearly decided to do, as like kind of touched on before, is, um, you know, where Cooper seems to struggle is that it's the process of getting his block, getting off his block, and then getting to the second level and making his block on the second level. Honestly, I, I think it's just the problem with him is just get, you know getting to the second level. Like, you know, I think he. For some reason, he seems to have better success as, you know, pulling, definitely pulling into the hole like in a trap. Like yeah, that's a, terio- I think that's a terio- strength. Pull. yeah. That's definitely a strength. But, but, but he can even kind of get outside a little better, it seems, than he can getting to the second level. And I, I don't really understand why that is, but I, I, I mean, I think it's just the type of athlete that he has to face. On the second level versus, you know, a cornerback. But I I don't know. Anyways, from what I saw, like, he definitely looked very comfortable running the trap plays that they ran. And they had a lot of success doing it, where uh, they would pull uh, Cooper—Cooper would be the backside guard— uh, Martin would either you know be blocking, or sometimes Martin was also pulling. They would they ran some G power, which has always been kind of their uh, a staple in their offense, where they pull both their guards to the outside. But they also ran, like I said, a lot of traps, which which really isn't necessarily stable. Where they're pulling, uh, where Cooper's the backside guard, they're pulling him to the front side of the play, and he's basically leading uh, Zeke into the hole. And, and you know they did a couple different variations where they were pulling. Um, uh, hit, uh, Cooper and then also uh, uh, Hannah as well into the hole. I mean, but basically, what what this also allowed was a guy like Lael Collins, who you know looks I think is looks very very comfortable down blocking. You know just basically sure. uh, coming down hard on on a deep unsuspecting defensive tackle and sealing off that side of the wall, uh, which allowed a lot of room for, for Zeke to you know get some some hay before, you know, even getting contact. So, you know, I think what that allowed them to do was it allowed Zeke to get a couple yards of, of uh, momentum going before he was uh, getting contact. And and I think it allowed him to kind of do a little bit more of what we're used to seeing with Zeke where he, you know, hits the pile with, with some – some speed and then kind of burrows into the pile and moves the pile another two yards and then, you know, it gets down. I think that's, it's starting to pay off because it feels like the play calling has been the secret to getting them comfortable with playing with Cooper. Now to kind of briefly touch on, on your uh, comment about Cooper versus green. I think that the problem in general, and, and please you tell me if, if you feel like it's otherwise, but to me is that, there's a level of assumption that because Cooper is in there and the run game is running well, that they can improve on that. Sure. And I, I, you know, like I said, I think that they're, you know, they're doing some things scheme wise that is not necessarily out of their comfort zone, but it's, it's not exactly what they normally like to run um, in order to make Cooper a little bit more comfortable. Um, and, And I guess this is all to say that, I really don't love the 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 like level of assumption that has been going on that that they could have just thrown Cooper in here and uh, from the beginning and they shouldn't have messed with you know, with Chaz Green at all <laughs> because I I mean I, look I mean like first of all I think Chaz Green is probably the fifth best offensive lineman just in a vacuum on this team second of all I feel like Cooper is still at a replacement level we're not you know I really don't feel like. I would be really, really surprised if we got all the way through the season, we get to the end of the season, and Cooper is still at such a level that we're like, oh, yeah, we're not touching that spot. Like, I, I just feel like we know what Cooper is. We can we can do well with Cooper as long as we play to his strengths. But it's, it's – it, you know what it reminds me, Marcus? It reminds me of the conversation we had about uh, uh, McFadden. Mm as a running back. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like yes, McFadden can run with power, run the power. He can run the trap, he can do those things. But that's not what the Cowboys want to do. That's sure. not the game that, that's not the scheme that the Cowboys want to run. They're just doing it to, you know, make the best of what they have uh personnel-wise. Ultimately, I think that that's going to be the decision that drives them to get another guard in here, and it may be uh, eventually I- I don't know what that means. And it may mean that, like you said, that that Chaz Green still has an opportunity to come back and take this job. I don't know if I would do that. I, I kind of am almost to the side now where I feel like, you know, let's just roll with what we know is familiar. And even if that means, you know, playing with a slightly different, you know, balance of zone to, to, to gap scheme sort of things. Maybe you just roll with that because you know what you're getting week to week to week, uh, and then just solve the problem in the future. But but I think that this whole idea that like Cooper's great that w- why do we even mess with Green and like that's that's folly. I think it's they've found a way to stabilize the situation, but that doesn't mean it's good yet.
1: Yeah. So let's break that down a little bit because <laughs> there's a lot of moving pieces of this. First of all, uh. Chaz green is a player that I believe the Cowboys have a lot of hopes for, and they selected him high because they believe he has a high upside and high ceiling. So I think it would have been foolish to not give him snaps in training camp and in the preseason at left guard to at least see how he handles it. So I wanted to see for sure if Chaz green could, would fail at that spot. And I don't think he did at all. I, It's kind of the same problem over and over with him. It's just injuries that are holding him back. On the other side of this, Jonathan Cooper, he never really took that job in training camp or in the preseason. It wasn't like he was so much better in camp that the Cowboys were clearly playing the worst player there. Do you agree with that, correct?
0: I mean, that's the—I think what I was just going to bring that up. That's one of the biggest points that people f- are saying is that it's not like Cooper wasn't provided an opportunity to take this job. Green gave him every opportunity. He never took the job. So there is. Well, that's a huge part of this that I feel like people are just kind of not discussing.
1: And the other part of this is there's a reason why Jonathan Cooper has bounced from team to team in his career— First of all, we you've already mentioned it. He's probably just a replacement level guard. The second level, or second part of it, is he hasn't been able to stay healthy either. So it's not like it's not like they're playing a much more reliable p- p- player at left guard. They're just playing the guy that's kind of healthy right now. So I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens at that left guard spot. But I have a question for you, just kind of a big picture thing. If the Cowboys decide to go with Cooper for the rest of the season. How much do you think that's going to hurt their running attack against better fronts when they, you know, when they need to be able to run wide zone?
0: I I don't think it will. I mean, I, I think that um, could it know, though? Like, I think I it, I mean, I think that what it means is that it you just aren't able to unlock and and rely on that play that you have a lot of snaps of experience in but i, I don't know that it's like i don't know that it's going to cripple this offense cuz look i i think that the, the one thing that i will say is that they still ran inside zone fine like it still fe- it feels like w- it's when when cooper can just come off and bump the 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 nose tackle or the whatever the, the his interior man is there and get to the second level quickly like that's when it's 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 okay. The problem is is that sometimes in the wide zone, it feels like you gotta hang on to your man before you you gotta hang on to the double team before you're able to get off on that onto the second level and if you watch it like a lot of times with martin and 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 you know even the guys like uh uh leary last year a lot of times they would get to that second level block at the very last minute. Sure. You know, at the, like they would get off that block and get onto this linebacker right as Zeke was trying to pass him. And and, and part of that is by design because the linebacker is athletic and you don't want to present him the opportunity to get around the guard, which he could because he's more athletic. But I, I think that the problem is, is that Cooper just doesn't have the athleticism to peel off that double-team late because he needs every second he has to be able to labor his way up there. Uh, and I think so. I, I I still think that they could run zone sch- schemes. I still think they prefer to run inside zone, maybe a little bit more than wide zone at this point anyways. The, the thing is, is if they're going to try to run outside, if they're going to try to run off tackle, they're going to need to try to do it more in G-power. They're mm-hmm. going to need to do more in, you know, pulling a guard or pulling a center. Uh, just in order to, I think, get things more comfortable just because the wide zone is even more so than than, uh, power schemes, it feels like one one break in the link of the chain, and, and it can bring the whole thing down.
1: Yeah, two quick thoughts, and then we'll move on. This is why you drafted Ezekiel Elliott, and I mentioned this yesterday, but his ability to flip back and forth between schemes is phenomenal, and that's why you draft a guy that high, because he's so versatile and that he can run in any type of scheme and be successful. You don't worry so much about you know having to abandon the wide zone, maybe from drive to drive. Uh, the second thing is I was – Impressed with Cooper's power. I know we've been trashing him for a little bit, but I was impressed with his power. I I guess I didn't know he was that strong. Um,
0: yeah, at, he's strong. He's at, very strong.
1: And that kind of wasn't a perception of him coming out of North Carolina. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everybody thought he was this super athletic player that, you know, kind of lacked power, but it's kind of flipped in the last he, couple of years. He
0: flipped it on them. And, and I think what happened is that, you know, when he got the, the injury early on, and he was always strong. I mean, if you go back, like, I mean, he was in the weight room at least because he put up really good bench numbers uh, on the. On the and uh, the combine, and that doesn't—that's not an indication of strength. But what it usually is an indication is that a guy is in the weight room. Yes. So, so I mean, Cooper it clearly, um, you know, it was able, you know, had some time, to, some lower body injuries that took away a lot of the athleticism, which was what really made him special, which really made him, uh, you know, a, a you know, first round, top first, top of the first round pick at guard. Um, but I, I think that. You know, with when he lost that athleticism, he knew that he had to sh- sh- shift his game a little bit. And even with all the athleticism he sapped, he's still athletic enough to start at guard. I mean, he's not. I mean, his athleticism is is a problem, but it's not like you know, kicking him out of the league at this point. Right. And yeah, so he, his game has become much more of a power game. And I, and I'll and like I said, we you're right. We have dogged the dude. Let 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 me go ahead and shower a little bit of praise on him. When he's running those trap like he trap blocks, he can do that really well, mm-hmm. and he can move guys like off the ball when he's able to just fire off and get into them and 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 get you know leverage because he's short, he's squatty, and he's very very strong. Um, it's, it's the problem is is that he's. Is that he's just limited in what he can do well. The things he can do well, he can do very well, and that's why that's how he's able to be a starting guard. Um, and really, it's if if he can just survive as a pass protector, which you know he's been okay as a pass protector. Um, the, the concern is that the thing that he does not do well is the thing that the Cowboys want to do the most. That's the right. problem, and and so they just have to work around that.
1: Uh, yeah, there was one snap uh, in the running game where he he got right up underneath the Forest Buckner and just lifted him right off the ground, and that's that's yeah. the first time I really noticed his power. So. It- it's they they're gonna work through it. They'll figure it out. They'll be okay on the offensive line. But let's tie a bow on that unit really quickly. I just want to talk about Lyle Collins. So the first six games of the season, where are we at with Collins as a right tackle? Are, are we further along than we expected? Is he is he a weakness? Is he a, a, a weak link on that offensive line, or do you think he's going to be okay there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be great there. I I I, I think that. Um, you know, we he, he struggled. I mean, he, uh, of course he struggled. Like, I, I think that the, the idea that he wouldn't struggle through these first few games, is re- that would be ridiculous, honestly. And and frankly, the way he played is almost ridiculous because, I mean, just think about what – what I, I keep harping on this, but I, I think that you cannot give him enough credit for what he's doing. Like, he's flopping sides, and he's doing so on the fly, and, and he's also doing so while – uh, you know, being tested by maybe the four, four of the very best defensive ends in football uh, in, in his first few games. And, and you know, and, and his dress rehearsal was against Khalil Mack, you know, <laughs> and so it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, like the guy's done a good job, all things considered. I think opponent has to be taken into account. And um, look, is he perfect? Absolutely not. Is he one of the best right tackles in football? Not yet, but I think he can get there. And, and, and so I just, I think right now, you know he's he's playing he's playing well. He isn't he isn't a detriment. He still hasn't become he still hasn't become an asset yet. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like he isn't like. But I'm not worried uh, he's, about he's him not, going into game No, day. no, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that that's that's where we are right now. And I think we should be thrilled to be there. Honestly, I, I'm not I'm not downplaying him at all. He's he hasn't become a weapon at right tackle yet, but but frankly, like he's like he's not on schedule to yet. He 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 shouldn't be worrying about that until next season anyway. So I, I think I think at this point he's probably better than an average right tackle working his way to, to becoming one of the best in the league. Yeah so with the Cowboys made this move of shifting Collins over from guard to tackle
1: I don't think they were expecting him to be great right away. I, this is definitely a move for the future. They knew he was going to take his lumps this season. I mean, he's just 24 years old. It's going to take him some time. I I, I just think the best way to say this and kind of to sum up the first 6 games is you're not worried about him when he's on the field. He's going to give up plays, he's going to give up pressures, he's going to give up sacks. But he's not a weakness in the same way that like Eric Flowers is a weakness, where he's going to kill your offense at least once a game. So well, I we've think... already
0: seen worst case scenario. So he can't get any worse than it's been, right? You know, like I mean, he's already played the worst of the worst in the NFL, like, and he's done pretty well. So, all right. So a couple quick thoughts before we head out. Um, I want to talk about that
1: tight end group a little bit. Jason Witten had a, a one of his better games of the season. I thought he was better in, as a blocker in this game. They also used a little bit more of Jeff Swaim and James Hanna. They used Hanna more as like an H-back in this matchup. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are critical of the Cowboys using tight ends so frequently, using their 12 and 13 personnel. But we've kind of talked about this on the show, about how the Cowboys want to be able to run out of multiple different packages. And being able to run out of 12 and 13, is important because they're going to go up against teams where they need to be able to run out of 12 and 13. And this was a perfect matchup. The Cowboys thought that they could basically bully the 49ers defense, and that's exactly what they did. So really quickly, talk about the importance of being able to run out of 12 and 13 personnel for this Dallas Cowboys team.
0: Well, I think it's really important. And I think if you talk to any defensive coordinator in the league, they'll tell you that, Planning for the twelve and thirteen personnel is probably one of the most difficult, two of the most difficult personnel schemes, uh, personnel groupings that you can plan for because you can just do so much with tight ends, you know, and and they do, you know, catch the ball and block. Usually, if you have good ones, they, it really can put teams in a bind because you can do so many different things. You you can line up in so many different ways. You can, uh, you know. I think. Look, I mean, just imagine being a defensive coordinator and scouting James Hanna. You've hmm. seen James Hanna line up at the X. You've seen James Hanna line up as an f back. You've seen James Hanna motion ac- do uh, whiz and du- uh, double whiz uh, uh, motions across the formation as an h back. You've seen him line up on the line as a tight end. Uh, you know, I think if if you're trying to scheme for what uh you know if you're a defensive coordinator and you see personnel groupings go out there and you see James Hanna go out there and you see uh, Swaim, you know, of course Cowboys fans are going to tell you, oh well, that's the power running, but th- that's not necessarily what they have to do. You know, and and they can do so many different things with that and and beyond that too. I, I think it's important because. They don't always have great success there. You know, sometimes you know they line up, uh, and then you know it's it's a a power scheme, and then the defense comes in and they stack people in the box, and everyone wants to talk about well, why are they putting so many people in the box, <laughs> and, and why is no 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 the, the 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 thing that people forget is that when you're able to line people up and and on the line, you create more gaps so that. They have to account for those gaps, which means that they have to put another defensive body on the line in order to, to, uh, in order to defend it. What you're doing is you're taking players away from the second and third levels of the defense. Sure. And you're, you're, you're creating it so that if Zeke can just get through that first line, there's no one to tackle him after that. So uh, one And you of open days, your play action
1: game. That's the other thing is you got oh, guys yeah. well, suck, I mean, th-
0: sucked down in the box. It, I
1: mean, theoretically your play action game should be better if you have more guys down in the box.
0: All three of these tight ends catch the ball. All yes. three of these tight ends can block. And 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 again, when you have a quarterback who is excellent with ball handling, who is great with the play action game, who can run the boot, the waggle, I mean the start stop the things that must be going through a linebacker's head when they play the cowboys it must be just overwhelming I mean, it's just because you got to account for your run cues they're giving you run cues but they're throwing the ball they're running an rpo to a tight end that you know like they're i mean it's i i understand when you watch it it's 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 it doesn't look as razzle dazzle as as you know, all these wide receivers and 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 you know a uh, uh, more horizontal passing game or smoke smoke screens or uh, it, this doesn't look as cute or as fun as like you know some Chip Kelly looking stuff you know like hey, where it's rag a on spread up tempo. Hey, no, 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 listen, I'm not ragging. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm ragging on his NFL prospects because it's not an NFL game. But I'm joking. You know, no. like it, but his, but that sort of, you know, what I'm talking about. That, that yeah, the, yeah, the problem is, is that. For an actual NFL linebacker, this is much more difficult because you have to d- be, be able to defend all things at once. And so uh, and, and I think that the Cowboys get a lot of extra hidden yardage in being able to make defenses plan for not only their 11 personnel, but their 12 personnel, their 13 personnel, their 22, their 21 personnel, all those personnels. The the, ski, the personnel variety of this team, the personnel grouping variety of this team is a, is a weapon. Uh, Monday through Thursday of the week because it makes defense coordinators have to plan for all of it
1: yeah and really quickly I want to talk about how Rico kind of fits into this thing because I know a lot of people are wondering why isn't Rico gathers uh, part I mean he, he's on IR but why aren't they going to bring him off the the IR and immediately sort him into the lineup well because he's just not the same blocker as Hannah and Swame and if if you can't um, you know uh, demand that attention as a blocker, it's going to mess up their their rushing attack. So I like Gathers' potential as a receiver, but right now, I don't think there's any way you can justify putting him
0: ahead of Hannah and Swam, correct? Yeah, I, I just, I think that, you know, I love I love Rico too, and I and I understand the people that you know think that you should be able to like just put him out there and have him run a seam route and throw the ball up, but it's it's just not that simple as a tight end. I, I mean, I, look at all the ro- roster, you know. Trimming and stuff that they have to do during the year, it, they have to get guys on the on the squad that are going to be able to do multiple things, you know, on special teams, this and this and that, and be able to do multiple things on offense. They can't afford to just have a tight end who can only be out there to run seam routes. Like they just they can't afford it on their game day roster. And just so, because you're big uh, yeah. doesn't mean you can block. Go ahead.
1: Let, let's make that very
0: very clear. Yeah, I mean it's he's not he's not there yet. Like I think I mean I think he can get there. Um, and but, that's okay. Uh, this is
1: only a second year in yeah, playing football. He's fine. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. He's just not there yet. He's he's got the physicality. He's got he's got the the tools for sure. It's just it's he needs a little more seasoning. I, I, I listen. I I I think he can probably he might be able to do something for you a little bit later in the year. Maybe not, but I definitely think that he's still very much in the plans. And I think he'll be a huge part of the offense or a a a part of the offense next year for sure
1: we're agreeing too much on the po- this podcast. We need to we need to change things up. We'll, we'll change it for tomorrow. I'll make sure that I have a couple topics ready for us where we can really get into some arguments because this is no fun. That's all right.
0: Um, I agree. This is no fun. <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's it for today's show. This edition of Locked On Cowboys podcast was brought to you by my bookie. Get into all the action with my bookie, where they'll match your deposit with an up to one hundred percent bonus. Just use the promo code Locked On to activate that offer, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five star review. Leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. We had a good little discussion about Pro Football Focus on Twitter today. Go check that out. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to discuss our all 22 notes from uh, the defensive side of the ball. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.